What up, what up, everybody? This is Unscripted on the Serato Twitch channel. Um, I'm your host, Matt Perry, aka Cut Corners, and uh, this is what we do every week, every other week, every whenever we can, really. Um, and you can tune in on podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, uh, and of course, here live right now uh, on Twitch. Um, and I'm really excited about um, today's guest. Uh, as you may know, uh, I'm a big fan of the, the Houston rap music um, and the music that comes from Houston in general. Uh, a lot of people at Serato HQ are too. Uh, we all love the, the sounds of Houston. And um, today's guest is a Houston legend. He's a founder of the record label Swisher House. He's an incredible DJ and introduced some of Houston's finest rappers to the game like Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Chameleon Air, uh, Lil Kiki, and a lot more. Uh, please welcome Michael 5000 Watts to Serato Unscripted. What up, Michael? Hey, five thousand watts. All right. Good to put the inches up just because uh, we're in Houston right now. You know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I feel you. Good to have you on the show, Michael. Thank you so much for being our guest. All good, man. Anytime, man. Hey, so um, Anytime. so I, I got to get right into it, man. I want to know uh, what's what's happening in Houston right now, musically speaking. Uh, we got a lot of good uh, talent uh, out here. You know, right now, you know. Uh, Travis Scott is phenomenal. You know, uh, we have Megan Thee Stallion out here. Uh, Maxo Cream is raising hell out here. You know, so basically, man, we have a whole new crop of people, man. That's that's uh, just taking a torch and bringing those platinum plaques to the city now. You know, you got Beat King out here, phenomenal producer and artist, and you know, got a lot of good stuff coming on out here. You know, absolutely. Shout out to DJ Mr. Rogers as well, another fantastic Houston producer. Um, Absolutely, and it's really cool, man. You got the platinum pla plaques uh, hanging up right behind you too. That's super dope. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. It's like uh, uh, you know, I've been in radio for you know almost two decades and stuff, Ron. It took a break, man, for about two years, and it's crazy, man. Um, um, the station called me and asked me if I wanted to come back. I'm like, wow, I was I was planning on retirement, but you know, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll ever retire from DJing though? Uh, you know what? If maybe for the uh, for the job of it, maybe you know, but uh, for the love of it, absolutely not. Yeah, I feel like music is one of those things that that you know it's a lifelong pursuit, right? You never it never really ends. It doesn't, man. I mean, music is therapy, man. When somebody is a musician or something like that, they never leave it. You know, they might you know leave the commercial world, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's in you. You know, it's a part of your soul. And it's, it's so cool, man. You've had such an illustrious career, like you just said, you know, two, 20 years in radio alone? Yeah, I mean, I did about 20 years of commercial radio. That's insane, man. Um, Yeah, so you were on the on uh, K, KBXX, is that right? Yeah, I was on KBXX, yes. Is that also referred to as The Box, is that right? I'm not from yeah. Houston, so forgive me. Yes, yeah, no, it's, yeah, the correct is 97.9 The Box. Awesome, and... So did you get your start um, in radio or was it mixtapes? Which ones came first? I got I, I got my start in mixtapes. Can you? you know, and from, huh? Go oh, ahead. Sorry, carry, carry on. And, I, and that from, from that point, I, I started DJing parties and clubs and all that stuff. But I started off as a mixtape DJ. I'm really interested in talking to you about mixtapes in particular. Um, I, I read a int really interesting fact um, where you, you made your first mixtape at age 14. Um, and by yes. 20, you had paid off uh, your, your your mother's mortgage. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. It was unfortunate. My mom passed when I was 19, you know, 
So my mom, my mom passed when I was 19, and, and about a year later, I paid the house off. Wow. That's, that's incredible, man. I mean, that must have been a, a very devastating loss to lose a, you know, a mother or, or a father, father at that age. Um, but yeah, wow. I mean, you were able to, 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 you know, use your skill, your talent and, and, and pay off your, that mortgage. And I mean, that's incredible, uh, just an incredible achievement, um, you know, to be able to make money off mixtapes like that. Um, can you just tell me about your start making mixtapes? Like, like how did you get into making mixtapes? I, I started off doing it for fun, you know, and, um, I had, uh, I used to like to make remixes for people and people used to like those remixes I used to make. And uh, one of my friends in uh, middle school, actually, and he asked me, uh, he said, man, could you make me a mixtape? You know, and I did it for him, and it's been rolling ever since. Wow. Um, do, you, do you still make a lot of mixes? I know you, I've got um, one of your mixtapes, actually, um, I wanted to, I put in a playlist a little earlier. It's one of your uh, tribute mixes to Prince, and it's uh, Screwed and Chopped by Michael 5000 Watts. Yeah, man, it's like, um, I'm a big Prince fan, of course, um, you know, and there's a lot of people. I'm a big Prince fan around there, but I, I kind of slowed down the last few years on, on the mixtapes because I've been doing it forever around there. So I've been just venturing into different stuff, you know, just taking a chill, man. Because you know I busted my ass, man, working 24/7, man, all this time and stuff. So nowadays, you know, I'm spending more time with my family and my kids nowadays, you know, because I never had a chance to do that in the past when I had to record label, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Business is, you know, it can take a lot of time out of your personal life, um, but. Mixtapes are an interesting concept. I think a lot about um, music being kind of environmental. You know, like you go to the club, you play certain songs, you know, at a club for the club to get the, the club fired up. Radio is, is yeah. another another environment. Um, you know, a festival, for example. You know, all these different environments require kind of different uh, a different approach to curating the music or, or the music choices that you make as a DJ. Um, yeah. And, and I, I feel like the, the mixtape is, is an art, is a real art form. Um, and... I don't know if it's fair to say it doesn't get the respect it deserves. It does by certain people, it feels, but like it's, it's very hard for it to find a place um, in modern media, you know, like with Spotify and streaming, things like that. Podcasts, of course, are one thing, but you, you know, it's hard to post a mixtape on, on, a, on, a, on like a podcasting platform. You've got Mixcloud and you've got things like that. But, you know, when you make a mixtape, you know, what's your approach? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking about, you know, who, who are you trying to make the mixtape for? Uh, basically, man, I still take the classic approach to the mixtape because a lot of people, they, they just drop songs nowadays, right? Basically, uh, mixtapes for a lot of guys, they're, they're like an underground album, right? So it's song after song. For me, I still do the blends. I still mix songs together. I still make mashups, you know, might do a mega mix here or there, you know. You know, I, I come from the classic part when the mixtape was actually mixed, where it's one continuous mix. So I still believe in that. I think that's a really interesting point you bring up there too, because yeah, like mixtapes mean different things for different people, right? And and like you just you were just talking about very much from a DJ perspective, you're doing blends, you're making special uh, you know versions of songs, you know you're chopping and screwing them or you're blending them, mixing them together, you know. And some people look at a mixtape as purely you know maybe from a, like a rapper perspective where it's more of just like I'm putting songs that aren't going to be on my album on this, you know, so you can get yeah. something between my albums or something like that. Um, but as as a DJ, what really excites you when you hear a, a really good mixtape? Um, it's the blends, the mashups, and the creativity. Like for me, one of my favorite uh, mixtape DJs is a uh, 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 DJ Rectangle. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, man, he's he's my absolute favorite mixtape DJ, you know, because, you know, he does all that battling and scratching and, you know, and, and, and does all this unique stuff in his mixtapes that, man, you know, for the basic of uh, where mixtape came from and why I started doing it, that, that's what he does, you know? I mean, because if you ever listen to one of his mixtapes around that, man, it's like, it takes you in the space, it takes you somewhere where you have never been before, so, you know? And and it's pure entertainment, you know, for a DJ. Absolutely. So I don't. I mean, I don't do it like he does it. You know, I tone my stuff down a whole lot more. I just kind of make it smooth and easy because you know I do slow down mixes, so it's all about just keeping a smooth vibe there. You know. And and when you do the with with slow down mixes and 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 so forth, is a lot of that to cater to uh, the culture of of Houston, like um, the car culture of Houston, like slabs, people driving in cars like slabs and things yeah. like that. Exactly. That's where it started from, you know, because, uh, you know, Houstonians, we're, uh, you know, we're laid back, right? So we were never in back in the day like that that dancing type uh, 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 of vibe for the guys anyway, you know, we're more laid back. Everybody else was just chilling and smoking weed or, or if you sit drink, you know, sit drinking, you ride cruise and listen to the music, you know, we've been having banging systems out here with whoopers in it for decades, you know. And that's one thing that we like to do. If you get a nice car around there, you got to put the woofers and the bang in it, you know? And you don't want to be banging something that's 100 beats per minute. It's really... You know, you want to you keep it at a head nodding pace, you know? It's really cool to hear that. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize until a much part, later part of my life what slab stood for, which was um, slow... Is it slow, low, and banging? Is that the correct term? Well... When I when I said slab, I'm actually talking about cars, right? For us, the original meaning of a slab is you take a a car, right, and uh, you just take it from the ground up. So basically, you get a car, you might actually put the motor on it, paint it. I mean, you get a piece of shit and you create it into some art. You know, you make it beautiful. And so I, that's basically what it is. Slab is slab is like from the ground up. Okay, okay, and I guess a big part of that is, is getting a good system in there too. Yeah. You, you can't do the paint without the system. That's that's, that's just complete, you know. That's so cool, man. Um, um, and, I, and I guess that's another thing I noticed a lot about, you know, the music from, from Houston is, is a real strong R&B influence. Um, and like, you, like you're, you're talking about regional differences. And, we, you know, last week, uh, oh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, we had Trackademics from, from Oakland on. And, and he were, we were talking a lot about Bay Area music and the certain the ways uh, that, you know, the certain sounds that signify that sound and it's really interesting yes. to talk about you know especially american music and music from you know the regions of america like the south and specifically houston that r&b influence that's in there it's a lot of you know um not really ballads but you know like r&b songs with rapping on top of them there's a real melodic and and and, and really harmonic element to that is that do you know, do you know why that is would you be able to tell me if there's any any perspective that you could give on that it's funny that you said that, right? So a lot of the R&B-ish harmonic type music, right? You know, the north side and the south side of Houston, right? We basically would kind of split around there, right? It's two different vibes from that side of town around there, right? So the south side, they used to make a lot of the of the uh, melodic R&B-ish type, you know, feel-good type music. The north siders, we made more aggressive, you know, more forward type music, you know, 
Like when you hear still tipping, it's like some ride and go forward. It's nothing R&B inspired. It's kind of rugged and raw and forward, you know, and aggressive, you know. So that's that's the difference between the North Side and a lot of South Side music, you know. That's really interesting. I didn't know that at all. Um, but yeah, now that I, now I think about it, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, all the a lot of the Swisher House stuff is 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 got a, a bit more bump to it, a bit more aggressive. Um, little key, little Kiki chunk up the deuce is is one of my yeah. favorites. That's a Swisher House record, right? Yes, it's a, it's a Swiss House record. Mr. Leaper was dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What a great, what a great tune. Do you mind if I just pull that up? See if I can pull that up real quick. Um, oh, okay, cool. Because uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many people are familiar with that uh, that song that are tuned in right now. Um, but man, that's that song is is just so good. Um, one second. You know what's so crazy? I wish I would have talked to you before I did this record because I got a throw bootleg version to that song, man. That I would like to play. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, you know? I'd, please send that to me if you can uh, at some point. And this is a yeah, I've got it. I've got it right here. Let me pull this up real quick. Sorry about that, Michael. Oh, it's no problem. I'm good. I'm um, good. So, yeah, I want to pull up uh, Lil Kiki, Chunk Up the Deuce. Um, let me just uh, take that from the top. Did, I had The question I had for you was, did you do the scratches on this one? I did. I did the hook on that one. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's run that. from this, the, It starts off with the scratches, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's that grain gripper from Houston, takes that bar, sip it at bar, no blicks. I'm straight up out of that Swisher house with G ass right out of check, so check the neck. Check the wrist, I'm ballin' status from head to toe. My jewelry shop sell more grills than George Foreman, baby, now you know. That ain't an igloo, that's my watch, and that ain't snow, baby, that's my chain. That's not an ice tray, that's my teeth, and that's not a snow cone, that's my rain. That ain't Kool-Aid up in my cup, I stay sippin' that purple oil. I stay flippin' and slab on foes, cause I'm a hustle till I'm in the soil, my roof. So that's uh, that's Paul Wall setting it off on there uh, first yeah, verse, right? That, yeah, that's Paul Wall. <laughs> that's interesting. I realize that version is uh, obviously taken from a mixtape, which is very funny. We were just talking about that. Uh, shout out DJ Drama. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that version. That, I, I don't know which mixtape. I think Drama did a mixtape for Lil Kiki. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Those those scratches that you did on the, 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 that song and sitting sideways and still tipping. Those are iconic scratches, and I remember th- when I first heard those beats, those first heard those tracks, I was thinking, "Man, scratching at that tempo is gonna be so hard." Oh no, no, no! This is you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we like slow down music around here, so it's nothing for us around here, you know. <laughs> but it is, it is, um, yeah, considerably slower than a lot of the music that I was playing at the time. Everything around ninety beats per minute, 
And I remember thinking, it sounds so good on that at that tempo. Like that, those those scratches that you were doing just sounded so great. Um, you know, with with the way you were chopping up the vocals too, it was just so so different than you know all the other scratches that we'd heard at the time, whether it was from Primo or Pete Rock or you know uh, whoever us whoever else was doing it um, on on rap records at that time. Um, and it just gave it such an interesting sound, man. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it just I think it created something totally different, man. Because at that point, Ron there was still tipping and uh, chunk up the deuce. I think the world started getting used to the whole slow down and chop music era around there. So to be able to bring that to the mainstream, I think that was really awesome back then, you know? It really was. I mean, it really had such a huge impact on, on myself and a lot of other people that I know, uh, you know, not, that were obviously not from Houston. And, um, yeah. and, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, that was really a, a moment for where a lot of us actually got introduced to Houston music from Houston for the first time. Um, and I'm I'm really interested in hearing about that from your perspective because you know you're a little probably a little older than I am, and you grew up around that music. Um, yeah. So you know, shout out the Ghetto Boys. They were the probably the first group that 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 kind of put Houston on the map in the rap world. Would you yeah. say? Yeah, Rap Alive was like the first label to really start putting Houston music and Houston artists on the map, man. So shout out to Rap Alive, you know. And it's cool seeing Jay yeah. Prince still being a an important figure in today's uh, music industry, you know, uh, uniting people like Kanye West and Drake recently. Absolutely. You know, that man is a powerhouse around that man. You know, you know, Jay Prince is, you know, responsible for a lot of us getting our, you know, breaking, you know, and he showed a lot of people uh, from Houston the independent way, you know, because the majority right. of the artists that they came from Houston, they, they, you know, they came out on independent labels and stuff. A lot of us did our own thing before we went commercial, you know, that's a like really... even Switch House, man. Those guys was on the street for years before, uh, you know, Warner Brothers and Atlantic and, you know, and the other labels started picking them up and Sony, you know? That's a really uh, interesting perspective. So he, so Jay Prince and Rap-A-Lot Records have always been independent. Is, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Because that, that is kind of a unique uh, thing for in the music industry to be able to remain independent um, and still have such successful acts and artists. And I mean, also always put it on for for uh you know houston one of my favorite rappers from houston devin the dude on rap a lot records yes. too um and so he so your relationship with jay prince he he was kind of a mentor to you man you know what jay, yes jay prince was uh responsible for us uh uh going mainstream actually you know he helped us get that deal where we had with asylum and warner brothers you know so he was kind of like a he introduced you to the record label yeah, yeah, he actually was a big part of making that deal happen, you oh, know, wow. and, and for still tipping, going mainstream and stuff like that. Yeah, he was a big part of that deal. Wow. Um, yeah. But you guys still, uh, Swisher House, obviously, you're the founder uh, with, was OG Ron C and yourself uh, created Swisher House? Yeah, actually, I, I started I started it by myself, but, you know, Ron C, me and him worked at the radio station together, right? And I kind of just talked him into doing it, you know? <laughs> he didn't really understand it at first, but I talked him into doing it. I said, hey, man, this right here will be a better avenue, uh, you know, for you than the radio station because I always believed in, uh, you know, you know, entrepreneurship and doing my own thing or, you know, building my own business. So so I talked Ron into it. So he, you know, he got into it and it, got, it worked out pretty good for him. So he's still, you know, still making mixtapes with DJ in the day. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so cool to hear that, actually, um, how... How how important was radio 
for your understanding the music industry? Uh, you know what? That's I think that's one of the things that helped uh, give uh, Swish House and the artists that was involved with us uh, a huge advantage. You know, because I knew how commercial radio worked, and plus we had a lot of connections with um, a lot of people in media and things like that. You know. So when it came down to the conventions and stuff like that, we'd take them to the conventions and stuff like that, and they had a real good understanding about the game. They weren't like a bunch of people on the, on, on the street that didn't understand exactly what was going on because, you know, I, I talked to a lot of the stuff with media and commercialism, you know? That's really interesting to hear, man. I, I think a lot of a lot of DJs are wondering, you know, what's, you know, to, to navigate the music industry, like what's the best routes to go and, I know that a lot of people have actually mentioned in the past, you know, radio is definitely a great introduction to the way the music industry works and, and you know, how to get songs, how to make songs blow up and, and to, to spot new talent. And I, and I mean, I think like one of the things I really look at Swisher House for doing was really, you know, shining a light on the sound of Houston artists emerging from Houston at that time. Um, and I think um, that, I guess, was, was radio instrumental in, in you doing that? Yeah, it had a big part in, 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 into it because it gave us an extra avenue of exposure, you know, because like for me, I, I have freedom to play anything I want to on my, on my, my show, you know, and um, with the artists that I was putting on. And it wasn't just the artists I had on. I mean, I really helped out a lot of artists out here in, in the city, you know. So if it was any artist that had talent and I feel like they needed the exposure, I will break their record on my show. So if, if I go to the club and... If, if I never heard this song before and I see people dancing and singing this record, it is on my show on Sunday night, period. Oh, man, that's love. That's that's so yes. rad. Yes. Yes. So I, I believe in being the one to give that people that give artists that that uh, that start. You know, a lot of people, a lot of DJs, especially in commercial radio, they will wait until uh, the record gets hot. I, I don't believe in that. I, I believe in if it's something I believe in, it give it a shot. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. I think um, that's such a unique uh, approach to you know what being a DJ is. You know, I think a lot about <clears throat> kind of the the privilege we get as DJs. You know, whether it to be playing at a party or playing on the radio or uh, even have people buying our mixtapes and and to use that platform to sh you know sh give love and show and support you know um, an emerging artist is such a such a token of, of, of respect and gratitude. Um, yes. do, do, you, do you feel that it, it's it's often a, a reciprocal agree, arrangement? Absolutely. You know, you know, because the, the the greater the the market, right? The greater the artist, the greater the market. The more value you have as a DJ. You know. So I mean, I, I'm thinking of people like Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, and um, and and Lil Kiki. Uh, you know, a lot of the, and Mike Jones, of course. A lot of these artists, you know, um, they literally shout, literally shout you out in their songs. You know, like Michael Michael Watts made me hot. You know, um, and and yeah. I think it's it's so cool to hear that, um, you know, their success, you know, kind of shines a light back on what you've done. Um, you know, through through their their foundation, right? Um, Absolutely. So, and and I guess it's reflected in the plaques behind you as well. <laughs> yeah, man, a lot of work put in, man. You know. I mean, it, it, it feels really good to be appreciated for what you do, especially as being a DJ, you know? And and those relationships that you have with those people, they're still strong today with, you know, with people like Slim Thug and Paul Wall and that? Yeah, man, we're still good today, you know? 
That's so that's it so cool. It just everybody just grew up and everybody has their own independent thing going on nowadays. So you know, that's the only thing, that's the only difference now. You know. So do you think that? Um, let's just take it back to mixtapes for a second. You know, how how important do you think mixtapes or radio, for that matter, um, is important for breaking artists today? You know what? There there are so many avenues into breaking records right now. You know. I think all of it goes hand in hand, you know, the more exposure you get, the hotter your record can get, you know? But you know, nowadays videos is the, are the, the biggest record breakers right now, you know? Majority of the people that break their records through YouTube, right? it's not so mixtape and just pure audio driven now, it's more visually driven nowadays, you know? It's a really good perspective, I didn't actually think of it like that, but yeah, you're totally right. I think a lot of rappers uh, and artists are, yeah, making that, that at, at um putting their energy into YouTube and, and developing those numbers there, uh, which obviously then work very, really well when you're trying to get a record deal or something and, and, and get, you know, funding or whatever for your project. Um, yes. but that, that's, that's really interesting. So do you think that mixtapes still have like a, are relevant though, you know, for an artist cycle, whether they're putting out an album or something like that? It, it just, it depends on, uh, the artist and the person that's making the mixtape. Of course, if drama makes it right now, he still has this big, huge platform that, that people are going to listen to right now. So, you know, just a random mixtape, I don't think that has the power that it used to back then, you know, but, but if somebody has a, a big platform and a big base that they are connected with, absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's funny you mentioned drama because yeah, obviously he's featured on the Tyler, Tyler, the creator, his latest record, uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, and and even uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, when it, on his record, uh, Damn, you know, he incorporated yeah. like a host like Kid Capri, you know, obviously. Yeah, another I was OG. Really surprised by that. You, you know? were? I was just surprised that Kid Capri literally hosted his whole album, you know? <laughs> but it, it's kind of cool, though. It almost feels like uh, there's an appreciation for that kind of energy, uh, you know, of mixtapes in pop culture. You know, it's obviously not as popular as it, as it once was, but that people still want that, you know, that kind of uh, special hosting energy that, 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 you know, from from that era as well. Yeah, it's entertainment still, you know. It's still you, entertainment, man. I don't give a damn what anybody says around there, man. We manipulate a record and it's fucking, it's dope, Ron, it's entertainment. You know, people will never stop looking for entertainment. Absolutely right, and it's just an interesting approach to it, uh, to to putting out music. It's it's a little different than just making a record track for track. Um, but one of my favorite uh, mix uh, mixes of yours, live mixes, was actually uh, your Boiler Room set. Um, I've got the link here. I'm gonna try and get it in the chat. Shout out the that Boiler Room set, man. That put me onto a lot of cool joints, and that energy in the in the room was was fantastic, man. That looked like a hell of a party. Um, how was it? That, that, that boiler room joint, that shit was dope, man. I had a lot of fun with that boiler room joint. You know, I got a friend that that uh that they, they, they came in there named Bando, right? He unfortunately he passed. Rest in peace, Bando. You know, I, I you know at that point he had a record out here called uh, "Don't Want to See You with Nothing," right? It was really hot out here in the streets, and I asked him to come do the boiler room set, and then I switched the beat on to on the second verse, and he was riding. It was the coolest thing in the world, you know. Yeah, man. I, I just, I honestly, I, I remember watching that set. And I was like, this is so great that Boiler Room did this, and and you guys really did such a great job of highlighting all this, all these incredible, you know, records from Houston, and and the energy was just everyone showed up and and was turned out for it, you know, and yeah, I mean, this is an incredible vibe. I'm I'm gonna link it in the in the chat uh, a little bit later so people can um 
check it out because it is it's just so inspirational man um so yeah shout out boiler room shout out michael 5000 watts um on that incredible that incredible mix um there is obviously uh i, I really want to talk about we can't really talk about houston without talking about dj screw and and his influence on popular culture um i'm really interested to hear you know your perspective of your story um of your your relationship and his influence on you you know what i wouldn't start i probably wouldn't have started doing switch outs if it wasn't for dj screw you know to be honest with you you know because he want to start the whole slow down movement around there and um it's amazing man how strong um his influence is in the whole music industry still to the day you know because I'm gonna be honest with you. If it wasn't for Screw slowing down music around here, I don't think hip hop would be. A, a lot of the trap stuff probably wouldn't even emerge. You know, I think honestly, I think that trap music, you know, with it being slow, I think that was kind of like derived from people listening to Screw music because the fact that people was not producing hip hop under 90 beats per minute, basically. You know, <laughs> and and back in the day, if if it was hip hop, if it was 80 beats per minute, that was considered slow, you know? So and, and before Screw the Top Music around there, anything hip hop, it was not, um, you know, it wasn't um, anything that was 70 beats per minute or slower, period. Name that record. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I can't, I mean, you know? I remember when, 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 yeah, like when you started playing a lot of Switch House records, I was like, well, this is really slow. I'm gonna have to develop a whole set of music that i can play around this tempo and uh and you know how to navigate that was was different and i, I mean it happened again even um like 2012 ish when things got even slower again and down to like 50 beats per minute and i was like whoa like you know rihanna's got you know there's big records rihanna's got a track out at 50 beats 55 beats per minute or something i was like i don't even yeah. know how to mix this and then you, you know you, you adapt and you figure it out but yeah it's it's an it's incredible um that that tempo um and how it did affect other other cities and other cultures and um i was going to ask you actually you know a lot of people talk about the south as like kind of like one you know genre almost and and they lump in you know memphis and houston and then they you know new orleans and obviously new orleans has bounce music and you know but memphis memphis has you know three six mafia and and stuff like that did they was there a lot of kind of like cross uh influence between what was going on in memphis and houston uh, absolutely. You know, because, you know, one thing about it, we listen to, to a lot of three, six mafia type stuff. I, I'm like Memphis music around it, right? It definitely influenced Switch Out stuff because we like the forward, aggressive type music. And that's the what was coming out of uh, Memphis is that aggressive, forward type music, you know? Absolutely. And it was it was interesting because, you know, um, you know, one of the first songs I actually got introduced to three, six mafia was sipping on syrup, sipping on some si si syrup. And I was thinking, you know what? That's really a Houston thing, right? Like, sir, you know, yeah. sipping on syrup is, is a Houston thing. So um, it was is that is that an homage to Houston in, in a way or some kind of. Uh... I mean, you know what? I rather DJ Paul or, or Juicy ask that question, you know. Yeah. I don't know what their take was on the vibe on that, but I'm pretty sure it was, you know, yeah. and especially with them having Pimp C and Bun B on the record, you know. That's right, yeah, and Bun B seems to be very active part of, uh, you know, Houston, and um, they're they're not. He's not from Houston though. He's he's out outside of uh, Pimp C and and uh, Bun B are just outside of Houston, right? Yeah, they're in Port Arthur, but you know, it's so close to Houston, you know, you know. It, 
it's kind of hard to not think of uh, Bun B and Pimp C and not think Houston yeah. because they were such a big influence on our culture, you know? You know, UGK is Houston culture. They made Houston culture, you know? A lot of our Houston culture came from what they created. That's so cool. It's funny you say that because uh, one of the songs I wanted to talk about too was uh, uh, 25 Lighters, uh, obviously DJ DMD and Fat Pat, R.I.P. Fat Pat. Um, yes. And and that samples UGK too. So um, is that right? Am I right in saying that? Oh, no, that's 8 Bull and MJG, right? No, no, no. Um, that uh, The sample is actually, that they put under that is uh, actually... Uh, I'll Be Sure? Uh, I'll Be Sure, yeah. you know? It's I'll be sure. That's right. So we're gonna run that. Now, who else used it? I couldn't tell you. You know. <laughs> yeah, actually, we're, I want to talk about that in just a second. So let's just go quickly to the, a very huge Houston classic: uh, DJ DMD and uh, Fat Pat, Twenty Five Lighters. Uh, if you don't know this one, you you gotta you gotta know it. Love it, man. Twenty five lighters on my dresser, yes sir. I got stuck in pain. We got twenty five lighters on the dresser, yes sir. Gots to get paid, paid, paid. I got 25 lighters for my 25 phones. About to break the mic, then break 25 more. About to rip the track with about 25 flows. And I'm dipping like a Mac with about 25. 25 five carry diamonds in my brain. 25 12s in the trunk, got to bang. Make moves to make a quick 25 mil. Come up so I can knock off big 99 Seville. Got to take me by 25 yellow bones home. Doing bad to make them 25 phones. and what's cool about that actually um it's cool to hear that that's it's, they replayed the sample right so that bass man that really hits a little harder right Yes, it sounds really good. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. DMD is a phenomenal producer. You know, I don't know if he's still doing production now, but the stuff that he did, man, is classic, man. It's like, it's timeless. You know? Absolutely. I think that some R&B record needs to take that exact record, that exact beat, and, and sing over it. I think it'll be dope. It's funny you say that. I, I wanted to pull up... Um... Um, the the Megan Megan the Stallion's uh, track Big Old Freak. As when I first heard this, I know it's not the exact same sample, but is it a cover or something? Because um, the you know the the, the bass line, it, there's something very similar about it. Let's just let's just hear that for a second. I mean, I think it's the same song. Both of them are from I'll Be Sure. If it's yeah, you know, right? if it's not the exact same song, it's definitely another I'll Be Sure song. You know, right? Let me just run that for a second. Big old freak, huh? Big booty, big old tree. I'ma make him wait for the pussy. Hit it in big old ski. Ay. Feet on the bed. I fuck him up in the head. Suck it, then look in his eyes. Then the next day I might leave him on red. Ay. Pop it, pop it, huh? They dreamin' by hot rocket, huh? He hit my phone with a horse, so I know that me come over and ride it. I'm on the way, huh? 
Ride on that dick, I'm like, hey, hey, usually I like to fuck. I like my we gon' make luck cause you pay. <laughs> Nobody know. I fuck with him on the low. We never show up together, but I text him when I'm ready to go. Hey, I had a couple of shots at the bar. I'm finna play with that dick in the car. I got him swerving and breaking the law. Leaves went on tennis, so nobody saw. Nobody cooks like me. Get what you need like me. So, yeah, that, that's definitely the same baseline, right? It's gotta be the same baseline. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, but it, it just sounds like Megan slowed it down. It sounds like it's, you know, it's like off a screw tape or some shit, you know? Absolutely. It's so cool. Um, I remember when I heard that, I was just thinking, oh, this is so cool. This is like a continuation, a modernized version of everything. It's just like the legacy keeps going. And um, what, what was what was, it for, what was your first impression of hearing uh, Megan The Stallion? And man, it was it was dope, man. You know, I heard Megan before she ended up making that uh, uh, big old freak. You know, because uh, my homie T. Ferris, you know, he was uh, her personal manager back then. You know, and uh, he had put me on some of her music, and shit. You know, were you playing a lot of her music? Um, you know, before she broke uh, on the radio or on mixtapes? No, nah, no. Nah, I start I, honestly. I started playing her music with a uh, big old freak. You know. When it broke on the radio, I was on commercial radio and stuff like that. It's a big record, you know, so I was playing it, you know. It's so cool, man. I'm I'm really I'm really stoked to see someone like Megan Thee Stallion winning right now. She's just uh, she's got so much pizzazz, so much flair. It's like uh, and it's all all like the right stuff, you know. She's she's really representing you know rap music so well and and representing Houston so well. It's it's really exciting for for you know for us to have like a, a massive star doing that, you know. And in, in, in my yeah. opinion. Must feel great to, to hear be, be from Houston and have that. And you know what? And this it's an honor, man, just to see that we had another great uh, 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 female hip hop artist that came from Houston because you know it's it's tough for female artists, but she you know you know her and the team they they broke that 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 whole they broke through the door with it, you know, because you know Nicki Minaj man dominated it for about a decade before Cardi came in, you know. Yeah, you know, she's she kind of stepped on it for almost a decade. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Nicki Minaj and Cardi for that matter too. Yeah, I remember when I first heard uh, Nicki Minaj, um, and she did uh, the 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 one that one thing that really caught my mind, my eye, and my ear, and I imagine a lot of us was uh, that verse she did on Kanye West's uh, "Monster." I was just like, as a DJ, I was like, I gotta play this verse. It's got so much energy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she she brings it, man. I'm telling you, man. Nicki Minaj, man. I'm like, oh my god, you know that that delivery, man. And just like the fun part about li- listening to Nicki Minaj is just watching her eat the main artist lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and she's got so much character, you know. I think uh, she's. It's something that I really like about the way Kendrick Lamar does things too. Is they 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 almost use their they create different personalities and. Um, and the, you yeah. know, I mean, Biggie did that. I think it's a really interesting approach to the way you know artists approach rapping. You know, is uh, you know, if if you're just rapping the same voice over and over again, it can kind of get monotonous. But when an artist decides to take their voice and and you know create a different personality or a different persona, it it changes up the you know the the beat. It, it creates. It's like a, a guest first. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, because you know, with with so many people doing it nowadays, man, it get it, it's. It could get boring really quickly, yeah. you know, really quickly, you know? Yeah. You can't just be good at rapping. You got to be good at rapping and be a, like a more, more than just a rapper these days. Right. Absolutely, man. And and I think it's cool that people actually can entertain people with their lyrics around it. You know, yeah. like one of my, 
like one of my favorite artists right now is Lil, Lil Baby, right? Okay. He's one of the few artists that, that could just straight rap, no hook or anything, and you know, <laughs> and you can be entertained by it, you know? <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Um, speaking of current artists, actually, there's one there's one artist that uh that has a very, very, very close relationship with Houston that's not from Houston. Uh, he's also from Canada, like myself, um, and that's uh, no relation in any way. Drake, um, what's what was his? Did you ever work with Drake in the early days when he was coming to Houston? I know he's got some kind of very close affiliation with Houston. I'm gonna tell you, it's crazy. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think which video it was. I don't know if it was Chunk Up the Deuce. It was one of our early videos that we did, right? And Drake was actually there on the set, and this is before he blew up. You know what I mean? I had no idea who this dude was, you know? <laughs> and it's crazy, man. And then this dude just turns into this fucking huge, fucking megastar, you know? And he's taken so a he's lot been... of... Sorry. Yeah, he's been coming to Houston for a long time, you know? And he's always shown a lot of love, but he's taken a lot of influence from Houston and, and and put it on the main stage as well. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a great thing for us, and you know, and the cool thing about it, you know, he he does it respectfully. You know, I think that's dope. You know, when somebody you know does that and, and does it respectfully. You know, as as somebody who grew up in Canada, um, watching him get so much appreciation and and love in Houston, it was fun. It was funny because you know. Uh, Canada can, it's, I think, a, a common thing, but, you know, in Canada, sometimes people don't expect Americans to like their music. Um, and when you see an artist from Canada doing so well in, in, in some, somewhere like Houston, it makes you like them. It makes you think, what am I missing? What, why, why don't I like these, this person? And it's, it's, it was a huge cosign for him, I think, uh, in the early days um, to have, you know, Houston show him so much love and, and, and kind of put him on in a lot of ways. Um, and, and then I feel like a after that was when a lot of Canadian, you know, fans started ha like really embracing him as an artist, as, as, as a serious artist, because we all knew him as like this guy, this kid on, uh, on Degrassi, right. On our, on our TV show. So it was really, it's really cool to see how Houston actually kind of gave him that cosign that, that really put him on, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge honor for, 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 for him, I guess. Yeah, I think he kind of embraced the culture because, you know, uh, Jay Prince's son actually discovered it. That's right. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, is Jay Prince, Jay Prince's son also very active in the in, in Houston music industry? Absolutely. You know, I mean, them dudes, man, they the shit out here. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they got to take their movers and shakers out here. Absolutely. They are, you know? That's so awesome. So, Speaking of movers or shakers, Swisher House is, is you know it's a it's a movement it's a it's a timeless label. I mean you got the you got the hoodies you can you know what I mean like everyone knows about Swisher House. Can you tell me what when you started out with Swisher House? What were you trying to do? You know what I was just enjoying music. You know when I started doing Swisher House, man, it just you know I just started doing Swisher House because I wanted to make slow down music for the North Side runner, and I didn't want to call it a school tape, so I called my mixes Swisher mixes. So. And I call my studio the Swish House, so that's how I ended up with the name. And you were were you just wanted to do mixtapes, or were you hoping to make it into a record label at some point? I mean, you know, it's crazy. I was already doing mixtapes for years before Swish House even existed. And um, but when we started doing the mixtapes, the mixtapes did so well, it kind of grew into a record label. It wasn't a plan, 
for that. It, it just grew into what it was. And then with with your guidance with people like Jay Prince, they, did they help kind of you know kind of nudge you in the right direction for creating a record label and signing the deal and all that? You know, he was a big part of us going mainstream with it. Yes, you know, but you know, as far as it growing into a record label, it grew into the the buzz. You know, grew so strong and the artists got so big that we had to run a record label with it. You know. Let's um let's revi- let's visit um the original sample for uh, still tipping because um, this is actually of a, 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 a mixtape of yours um, if I'm not mistaken um it's it, it was one of the it was I think it was probably one of the first freestyles that uh, Slim Thug <laughs> did in my house you know and, yeah. and maybe maybe it was the uh, the first or second freestyle he ever did in my crib wow. you know. Let me just pull that up here for a second. It's the I'm a Ho Freestyle. Um, yeah, and so it was an, uh, the name of the original tape that it came from was a uh, Roller Strap, and that was in 98. Oh, wow. And this was yeah, recorded at, at Swisher House? Yeah, he, he recorded in my studio. Yeah. That's so cool. Let's run that real quick. This is the Slim Thug I'm a Ho Freestyle. Miss, uh, you got it right here. Michael Watts presents Mr. Slim Thug, so let's hear it. Creepin' look who prowlin', look who ballin' in the mix This dick, this dick, six, long dick, slim nigga, we stickin' your chick Cause watch me, watch me, look the Versace with an AX on my chest Big boss, bell buckle, holdin' up my starch down kiss When Slim Thug fall in the club, I'm guaranteed to turn heads My act and my act in the drop top, black to tell these hoes I'm out the stead Switch the house, gettin' jammed in the boss At all times when I'm flippin', I'm grain grippin', smokin', dippin', still syrup, pint sippin' You're tippin', you're tippin' on fofo, rap, wrapped in fofo Pimpin', pimpin', four hoes, and I'm packin' fofo Wavin' up, wavin' them out the wind, playin' my, playin' my six on the tender Movin', movin' bricks, hit licks, and my tenant up in a pinch Niggas don't, niggas don't understand me, cause I'm bullhorns on candy Sippin' on, sippin' on boy and brandy, with a big Glock 9 handy Flossin', flossin' up your street, shakin' your feet with all of my beat Hoes, hoes, jaws drop when they see baby slim in the wooded car seat Make a, tr- make a trick, stank me, the floss of my boss, how gon' twank To take you, to take you three days, to count all the rocks I'm a ring, I'm a panky, stand down with ace time Till the day that I'm dead It's money, it's money, pussy, pussy My life, my life off the stage Got fat cats, fat bats, and fat stacks of the cash The youngster, youngster looking good When I glide on the glass, uh Versace shades, holding my brain Roller, roller, play, gotta stay paced He's slim and banged up cavalcade Tossed up tit well Rip brain on brain Hopped on 610 and swang up the north lane I'm having fun, I'll fan torn Turn the heads on homestead Killer sparked off Lil York The gut bank is where I head Dipped and fried off wayside Looking good off Blackwood Getting blowed off Green Grove Living back, living back through my hood This now size for real Popping trunks and pills Making flows that both niggas and these hoes can feel But nigga, a nigga still hate me Some bitches, some bitches do too yeah, I'm ballin', I'm ballin' out of control So hoes, fuck you Kill yourself if you don't like me So... So we're talking like a lot of slang here. It's really cool to hear it. Um, uh, if you're not familiar with a lot of the the terms he's talking about here, it's it's really cool to hear him talking about the like cars, the culture, and all that. Um, man, what a what a classic! And and obviously that informed um, still tipping a lot too, right? Like that verse. Yes, that that's exactly where the hook came from. You know, that that was officially a Northside Houston freestyle. So everything that he talked about. In that in that uh freestyle was all related to the north side of Houston, you know? That's so cool, man. 
it's just yeah. there's so much character in that and just that freestyle and that verse it's like man um what a what a awesome way to to you know capture a time as well um the way so you're you're you're, you're cutting up the you know two tracks there you're, what what tracks are you cutting up there uh actually what it was that was uh taking i had a series called chopping them up and what i would do is uh every year i'll get all the freestyles that the guys did on the mixtapes and i'll put them on uh one uh mixtape but i would just blend them in and and chop them up like that so but the, the original freestyle that he uh uh did it's on uh a uh, rolling strapped 98. so if you ever want to hear it without all that chopping and stuff in it that's what it's on rolling strap 98. Okay, fantastic. That's it's so cool, man. Um, I just love I love that as a DJ. I think that's just so interesting to hear you talking about that. How you know you record it and then you you re-record it, but you chop it up and and blend it all together and, and make a mixtape out of it. And that yeah. was the way that so many like yeah, this is the only way I've ever heard the song. I've never heard this Roland Strap version. And and yeah. you know, knowing that this is like such this is such what 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 I love to talk about on these podcasts is just talking about like the influence of DJing. And how it changed, you know, DJs changed the way we hear music, um, recontextualize yeah. it, and, and and it's just so cool. And it's oh it's, shit, what's up? We might have lost Michael for a second. Um, so let's just hold tight. Uh, we're gonna keep talking about all this great Houston Houston history with uh, Slim Thug and Swisher House, Michael Watts. Uh, just hold tight here for a second, everybody. Hey, guess what, everybody? We got Michael Watts back here. Um, we're back. We're back from the dead. So um, let's just keep this thing going. Um, we, we're keeping it live. This, this is how we're going to go with it. We're going to run with it. Thank you for joining us back, Michael. Oh, yeah. Now, you know we're doing a live broadcast. My phone actually went dead. So, oh, shit. Know. Thank yeah, you for coming back, though, man. No problem, man. Um, so we're, we were just – I just ran uh, – I just ran the – the still tipping uh, track while, while you were gone. Um, and we were just talking about how great that beat is and how great that song is. And uh, yeah, just major love. Um, I wanted to just talk a little bit more about, um, well, well, like, oh, well, we got you back here. Um, just the, you know, the continuing um, influence of, of chopped and screwed and, and, and Swisher oh, house and, and Houston on. sound on the world. But before we get into that, I want to, I want to talk about the uh, still tipping song, right? Let's do and it. The, to tell you about the, the, the story about the Steel Tippett song, right? Now, it's crazy. Now, they didn't, Mike Jones and uh, Slim Thug did not originally rap on that track. Who was on the track? It, it was only Paul Wall on the track at first. I flew uh, uh, Paul Wall and, um, I mean, no, um, Mike Jones and Slim Thug actually uh they actually uh rapped on a um they actually rapped on a different track and i flew their vocals onto that oh shit! so <laughs> you had the acapellas and you just put it on yeah i had the acapellas to it because i had i took the uh, acapellas from another session right and uh, i didn't really like the beat that they originally did it on and uh and i put it on that beat wow and what what did they say when they heard it oh that was mind blown you know <laughs> That's that's one thing I did with a lot of their freestyles and stuff like that. A lot of the things that you heard them rap over, right? They didn't originally rap over those tracks, you know. I, I would fly the vocals over to that, you know. Because I guess you had the, the sessions and so forth from from other other tracks, yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I I like stuff that's that's you know if I like stuff that 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 that, that gives a, a vibe to it. You know, sometimes man, some like obviously if you heard the original version of that still tipping uh, track around there, right? Um, the vibe is completely different. <laughs> you know, but that it, it sounded so much better on that track. Yeah, man. I mean, it sounds perfect. It's so awesome. Um, and I mean, that song is an anthem, you know what I mean? Like, it's a timeless classic. You even hear people freestyling on it these days. And, and you know, it's just like one of those tracks that's like, it's just such a banger, you know? It, it ignites the club. It's a classic. It's, it's such a, an incredible part of pop culture history, you know? And, and I'm going to tell you what's, what's so gangster about that track, right? When we first did Mike Jones here, they couldn't feel the track. They didn't like the track. <laughs> no. But the, of course, the track didn't have the hook or anything on it, right? But they didn't like the track, you know. And of course, the hook is you scratching the hook, so you got the um, where, where is this? Where is that sample from? The 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 sample. Yeah. When I did the hook, oh, that's from uh, Rolling Strap. Uh, okay, that's from yeah. I'm that that, that Slim Thug uh, sample that I'm uh, I'm doing in the hook. That's right. Yeah, Rolling and, Strap '98. That's where it's, that that's exactly where it came from. And that, and so you had those those tracks. Did you have them on pressed on wax? Because this is all pre Serato, right? Or was this at the same? No, time? no, no. I, I did that with CDJs. Ah, well, that's when CDJs first came out. Wow, I'm telling you, man. I I was fucking the ass up on the radio. I'm telling you, because <laughs> back then, you know, I was I was taking and cutting a lot of stuff before, uh, you know, all the records came on on um, uh, on CD. In the CD era, right, all the all the hot shit came on CDs first before the vinyl came out, right? Yep. You can always get on CDs first. So I was cutting up the CDs for, first, and everybody they waiting for the vinyl, you know. So when when Serato came along, you jumped on that because it was similar to what you you were doing with with the vinyl. Yeah, I I, I jumped on Serato because I'm trying to think who talked me into doing a uh, Green Lantern. Oh, shout out Green Lantern. Doing Serato, right? Green Lantern talked me into doing Serato. Oh, we got to get Green Lantern on here, man. Um, we're going to have to talk to him about that, actually. That's so cool. A big shout out Green Lantern. We love that guy. That's that's love, man. That's super cool. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Houston is, is, is really cool from, you know, as a Serato employee. I've been to Houston a couple of times to do workshops and stuff. And it's I got to show a lot of love to Houston. Serato wants to show a lot of love to Houston because we know you guys really, really use Serato down there and... Um, one of the really interesting things I learned about Houston is a lot of venues don't actually have equipment, so a lot of people, a lot of DJs have to bring their equipment. Is that is that oh, a, yeah, a thing? Oh yeah, all DJs bring their own controllers around there because you know I remember always going to the club and the, the equipment always being fucked up. You know, <laughs> yeah, the fader is broken or is bleeding or you know the turntables weren't calibrated or whatever or you know. And equipment was always fucked up. So I was one of those type of people before that. I always brought my own shit, you know? That's so cool, man. And shout out um, the homies, Vin, at, at Mega DJ Center. In fact, I think um, we did a workshop, and I think you even came to one of them. And I was like, oh, snap. Michael 5000 Watts was here? <laughs> that's so dope. We, we came to Houston. We did a, a, a workshop, and Michael 5000 Watts was here. That's that's a success to me. So, uh, yeah, shout out Mega DJ Center for always showing love. And thanks, uh, Michael, for showing up to that workshop many years ago. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy, man. When we're talking about Serato, right, I, I put a lot of the DJs on Serato back then. So the year I got Serato, I was, I was like the first person on the air with Serato. So 
what I did, a lot of my close DJ friends that I was uh, good with, I literally went and bought all of them Serato for Christmas. <laughs> wow. I bought all of them the program for Christmas, right? And a lot of them didn't use it until at least a year after I gave it to them after they got hit, hit to it. And, you know, back then, man, people talk about, man, you're cheating, you're doing this, doing that, this is not right, you know. And I'm like, man, I was telling my friend Rob G, I'm like, hey, man, look, you can keep packing those uh, piles of back-breaking wax or you can get on the Serato. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel you. It's cool too, man. Um, uh, shout out Chameleon Era. He's also a very uh, forward technology technology forward guy too. He seems to have been uh, investing a lot in you know business and tech outside of his rap career too. And he was also, um, I mean, also Switch House and and Chameleon Era were also really doing cool things with the internet at that at that time in the early two thousands. That was really different from um, you know a lot of other places. It's it's interesting how yeah, Houston always been on the front uh, forefront of technology as well. You know, it's crazy, man. Like, Chameleon Era was like one of those type of people, man. He had a blog site way before all hip-hop and all that stuff even existed. ChameleonEra.com? Yeah. Man, he's always been ahead of his time, man. It's cool, man. Because, you know, I mean, Texas, from you know, from what I know, is, is like the original Silicon Valley. A lot of people moved to Texas for, you know, that industry, the the computer industry, making computer, you know, computers, Texas Instruments, and so forth. A lot of the yeah. computer world was, was based out of Houston. Um, like much like the automotive industry is now and, and so forth. It's, and of course, NASA, you know, I mean, you know, that's really pushing some technological, technological limits there as well. You know, it's so crazy. Don't you know, I just never thought about that until you just now said it. You're absolutely right. You know? Yeah, man. It's crazy. Right. Um, so, uh, what else we got here? Um, I wanted to just quickly touch on, um, yeah, the influence of, of Houston music, uh, around the world. And one of the things specifically that you did that I thought was really interesting is um, the uh, you did a remix for a, a Scottish artist called Rusty, who was an EDM yes. artist. Um, yes. Can you tell me how, how how did you link up with Rusty? Uh, I think he I think he hit hit me on uh, like uh, uh, I think he hit me on Facebook. I think he hit me on some kind of social media. I think it was Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. You know. And, you know, I'm always up for the challenge. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. You know what I mean? I do it. I love doing different stuff, you know? That's awesome. I love doing different stuff. Let me just quickly play that. I think I feel like um, it's 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 not often we get to talk, we get to kind of show how, like, you know, an originator like yourself is, is linked to the EDM world in a really natural way. And and Rusty, it's, it's cool because, like, obviously Rusty, uh, Lucky Me and... and uh, Hudson, Hudson Mohawk. A lot of those people have, have made a lot of rap music. You know, I know Rusty's worked with Danny Brown, and and um, you know he's on the same record label as as uh, Hudson Mohawk and and uh, Lunas and stuff. So <clears throat> it's really cool that you know obviously artists that have a lot of love and respect for you know music from Houston rap music, uh, even if they're not from you know rap centric places, um, and they're, they're known for you know more EDM stuff. But this is your. Um, this is your re your remix of uh, Dream On for for Rusty, so I'm gonna run that right now. Oh my bad. Let me run that back. Amazing. 
Yeah, that's uh, Rusty's uh, remix. Uh, sorry, Michael Five Thousand Watts remix of Rusty's "Dream On," um, which is a really interesting marriage of, you know, Houston sounds chopped and screwed by Michael Five Thousand Watts and EDM coming together. And obviously, you know, um, EDM has been borrowing a lot from you know Houston's uh, sound for a long time, and it's it's really cool to see that actually like come together, you know, organically with you guys working together on that. Man, that's dope, man. You know, Rusty, man, he's an incredibly dope person, man. His music is, you know, really dope. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love this shit, you know? And it's cool. You know, his music is phenomenal, man. You know, I love his music, you know? Me too, man. I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of us at, at Serato HQ, we, we really bump that music as well. Um, and I think it's really cool that, you know, you can like, you know, you can like all sorts of different music. You don't have to like just one thing. And, and it's cool to hear how those things sometimes cross over. Um, just out of circumstance. But um, one of the things that's also been kind of has come up as an extension of Chops and Screen Music is uh, this this new trend called Slowed and Reverb. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about Slowed and Reverb. I, I, I listened to it before, you know? What's your what's your take on it? Uh, you know what? Everybody has a vibe of that, that they want to elevate to and change it on it. You know what I mean? To me, it's just like, I like to add different stuff to it, me just personally, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just like with the slow and verb, it's just like they don't really do anything. They just slow it down and add a reverb to it, you know? <laughs> right. You know, it's it's just slow down and verb. That's it. Slow and verb. That's it, you know? And and, and I love to hear people, I, heard, I love to hear stuff with a different element to it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I like massive, I like real DJ stuff, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Me too, man. Yeah, it's... it's I don't think it's... I don't think it's, it's, it's near about as creative as the stuff that I do, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the thing you'd hope to see, right? Is somebody take something that you've done and then really improve upon it or, or innovate more with it, right? Yeah, I want to hear somebody do something that I've never, ever heard before, you know? It's just like, okay, of course. Screw started doing the slow down music in Houston, right? But when you heard Swish Out stuff, if you was a Screw fan, you obviously know there are things that, I'm doing with this music that is totally different from what Screw was doing, you know? Because if I did exactly what Screw was doing around there or doing less than that, it would Swiss House would have never took off, you right. know? And it's, and that's the important thing about 
being a DJ is having your thing as well, like doing your, making it your own in, in, a, in a way. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, because us as DJ men, of course, we all, you know, we all blend. You know what I mean? Yep. We we all mix. You know, you know, a lot of us break records around there. But the thing that makes you stand out is when you do something that's innovative, that's creative, you know? Yep. Like, let's, let's go back to the whole thing of, uh, of slow down the top music around there, right? You know, besides Rusty stuff, right? I actually did Korn's album. I did not know this. You did Korn's? You, yeah. You, really? Yeah, I did Korn's album. The album with Coming Undone on it, I okay. chopped up the whole album for him, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, uh, you remember the group uh, called Teriyaki Boys? You ever yes. heard of them? Yeah, yeah, from um, I, I just, Japan. Yeah, yeah. I chopped up their album, too. Wow. Yo, I got to find that somewhere, man. Shout out to Nigo and Pharrell. Um, that's uh, the, like the BBC uh, crew, right? That's all, all associated with Nigo out in Japan. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Wow. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Is, man, is, the, is that anywhere online? Was, huh? Is that, uh, is that remix album anywhere online? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm looking for it, you know? Because a lot of the stuff I had back then, I don't, I don't have it anymore. But it's like... Cause I moved, but um, it, but I, I did do it, man. It's so crazy, man. The whole album is in Japanese, man, and I chopped it up, you know. That's so cool, man. And it's kind of and it's crazy. I just did a project for for a guy in Italy, you know. What's what's the project in Italy? Did you uh, as, as an artist that we might know? Uh, oh my goodness, I wish I could think of his name. You, you know, I just did it last year, and it's eating me alive right now, you know. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll check it out. Um, we can always find out later, yeah. but. Yeah, it's it's so cool that that you know the Houston for the to you know has gone around the world. Uh, you've brought the sound and uh, and and remixed Japan to Italy to Scotland. It's it's kind of wild. It is wild, man. But you know, it's just amazing, man. How 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 much you know the whole slow down and chop genre has grown. You know, absolutely. Um, Even with the slow and bird, man, it's just amazing, man. How all this stuff just grows and it keeps going. You know. Yeah, like TikTok obviously is taking it, taking it, uh, and and talking about it and and doing things with it and and uh, yeah, it's it's got another life there as well. Um, yeah, man, you hear a lot of mainstream artists they adding you know screwed and chopped elements to a lot of their records. You know, absolutely. Yep. I mean, I think a lot of people were talking about how uh, recently um, ASAP Rocky put out a you know a, a documentary and they talked a lot about how. The music that they did wasn't at all really um, traditionally a New York sound. They took so much influence from Houston and uh, chopped and screwed music, and then brought that sound and mixed it with the, the this New York, you know, Harlem kind of vibe. And that's how they got their sound essentially. But it's and it's obviously indebted to the sounds of uh, of Houston and and the South. Yeah, it's dope, man. It's dope, man. It really dope. is, man. And this is there's this new genre that's really popular on YouTube. Um, you know, similar to slow and reverb called funk. And, um, there's a really cool artist called Ryan Celsius. I don't know if you've, you've heard of him. Um, I'm going to send you a link. Um, but his channel, they, they play, it's a lot of, a lot of, you know, heavy Houston influence. And then obviously the, you know, the three, six Memphis, Tommy Wright, the third, all these kind of artists really influenced that sound. And, and all those producers are in Russia and, and, you know, England and, you know, all, all over the world. It's, it's, it's remarkable how far that, um, that, influence has gone it's just it's incredible man that's crazy man it's crazy man you know it's i, I love hearing different stuff you know yeah 
I, I definitely got to see that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm actually trying, I'm gonna try and pull it up and throw it in the chat right now because you definitely got to hear this dude, uh, Ryan Celsius. He's, he's crazy, man. Uh, and and again, we we all listen to this kind of stuff at at Serato HQ. Shout out to the homies at, at Serato because um, they put me onto this. His stuff is called Trapping in Japan. It's called Funk. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share it in the chat right now. Um, and he's really cool. He's a really cool dude. He's friends with uh, people like Flying Lotus and and all these guys, uh, all these producers as well. So. I put that in the chat. I'm gonna send it to you as well, Michael Watts. Um, oh, that's that, that's what's up. But um, a couple other questions I got for you. One of the most important questions that we ask all of our guests on this show that I really want to let uh, want to get from you is, um, what does the power of music mean to you? Uh, the power of music is my therapy, man. It's a part of my soul, man. You know, without music, there's no me. You know, you know, music is part of my DNA, man. I can't live without it. You know. You know, music makes the world go around, and this damn show makes me work. You know, it, it's part of my heart. That's that's my heart is music. You know, that's so awesome, man. Um, big love to uh, you know to everything that you've done too. And it's it's like your story about you know paying off your mom's house off making mixtapes is I think is like a perfect example that summarizes what you just said too. You know, it motivates you. It what keeps you going is really put a roof over your head. You know, in a lot of ways, or kept a roof over your head too. Yeah. That's so cool, man. You know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what's so crazy about it, right? Uh, my um, my mom, my parents did not believe in what I was doing. You know, it was so funny, man. Like the the my parents and um, and the police actually thought I was a drug dealer. Oh no! From <laughs> yeah. selling mixtapes? Yeah, they they did. That's 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 the type of buzz I had. You know? Damn. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's it's crazy that you know mixtapes are it, it, the culture of that selling that selling mixtapes like that you know that it, people could feel about you know how how people could feel some kind of way about that you know like that's crazy. I mean, it's just sharing music. It's sharing you know the energy, the love love of music. It's it's what it is. Yeah, people could feel it. You know, when it's something like that's great art, people could feel it. You know, absolutely. Um. And then, did, so you know, you, you said your parents didn't believe in in in, in your in you doing music, but were, were they a music musical family? Did either your parents play music? My, my, no, my my parents were not a musical family at all. They were like, uh, you know, go get a job and you know get an education and get a job, go to the military or something, just get out the street and you know anything, you know, just get a job and pay bills. That that's that's the vibe my parents had, you know. So who who were the musical people that really you know were mentors to you um, as a DJ, for example? Ah, uh, I got a, a great mentor, man. I, my friend named Lester Pace. You know he works for Rock Nation now. He was my main mentor. He's, he's the one DJ. that uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he used to DJ. You know, he's he, he's way far beyond that now. You know what I mean? You know, but it's uh, you know, he uh introduced me into commercial radio uh he got me into starting selling mixtapes in the retail you know at first i was just selling them out of the trunk of my car and stuff um real big influence in every way in music man for me man you know so lester pace man that's that's my mentor there shout out lester pace man it's incredible how those we have these key people in our lives that do things for us that like that um just usually from the you know the bottom of their heart they just good friends or people that are in your circle and they they look out for you like that and they give you these kind of opportunities that, you know, 
you you, you either can take them or leave them. And if you take them, you know yeah. some really great things happen. But they just they're just so those people I feel like are so important and often not talked about enough sometimes in, our, in the story. I know, man. And and it's very rare, man, when you meet people that 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 care about other people more than themselves, you know. And I took the same principles that he did, and that I, the same love he showed me. I, I showed that same love to like a lot of the artists that I dealt with, you know. Yeah. So you know, is, are you are you still developing any artists uh, for Swisher House or otherwise? I you know what I got a I got a new artist by the name of Highway Yellow, you know, you okay. know he he is the latest person I, I I I put on, you know, but I don't do it as heavy as I used to. You know, mainly because, you know, my life has changed and, you know, my time has changed. So, yeah. Uh, but with Swisher House, what else are you, what are you, what else, what are the next things for Swisher House that people can look out for? Uh, you know what? I'm still doing remixes and stuff. I'm still doing production, you know, and I'm going to open up the door opportunities for other people. I just took a break for a couple of years because I really want to raise my family. So I have some more, I have other kids that are adults and I wasn't there to really raise them because I was so tied up in this stuff. So, you know, right now, the kids that I'm raising right now, I didn't want that same thing for them. So I can actually kick back a little bit more and have more time with them. So I'm enjoying my family more now. That's awesome. But uh, is there any other business ventures for, for Swisher House um, outside of music? You know what, man? Everybody smokes weed, so we're jumping into that. You know what I mean? So when you think about slow down music, you think about Swisher House, you think about smoking. So that's what I'm doing, you know? Awesome. That's that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh. It's, I'm in Canada right now. It's fully legal here. We've got dispensaries every corner. It's crazy. Um, and it's all regulated, but you know people are still able to make money. And, I, and in California as well. Is it is it um, is it the same situation in, in Houston? Not yet. Fingers crossed. Not not yet. It's coming. You know, I can't see it not happen because it doesn't make any sense for them not to do it. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it seems. Uh, yeah, it's no one's no one's doing anything stupid out in California um, off a joint. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so crazy since they. It seemed like since it seemed like a lot of violence kind of, kind of calmed down since they legalized it. You know. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's. I think that's the idea behind it as well, especially in Canada. Uh, here is the, the the concept is that, you know, you make it so people can sell it legally and, and and pay taxes and get insurance and all these other things, and then the criminal element goes away. And I think that makes perfect sense to me. It does. I mean, weed doesn't hurt anybody. You know. Absolutely. Yep. Only thing you're gonna do is only thing you're gonna do is kill the the snack bar. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, hundred um, percent. If there's it, if there's one thing I like to ask people too is if there's one thing you could do, go back in time and um, and give yourself um, some quick advice um, as a youngster. What would it be? Um, uh, get a lawyer. You know, if, if my thing is like I did a lot of things when I was young, you know, just winging it and not know, understanding what I was doing and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, uh, ugly mistakes, business mistakes around there. But, you know, and, you know, I wish I would have uh, understood the power of having real legal counsel back then when I was young, you know. But, you know, I still I don't I don't regret it. You know, honestly, I don't have any true regrets because all your mistakes, you know, that makes you the person that you are, you know. Well said. I think that, that yeah, you've got to learn from those mistakes, right? You got to kind of have those mistakes and feel and figure out what you did wrong, so you can actually learn from them. Unfortunately, um, but they they make you a better person, right? Yeah, and I, I don't have any regrets, honestly. You know, that's it. That's awesome, man. Um, well, I want to wrap it up around here, but I want to give you an opportunity to uh, shout out anyone that you would like to shout out. Um, 
Um, you know what? I just want to shout out to everybody that was ever a fan of any of my work and stuff. I greatly appreciate you guys. Um, you know, to help us expand the culture past Houston, Rhonda. I appreciate everybody that's a fan of my work. Also, you can um, you know, follow me on social media at DJ Michael Watts, and uh, and uh, I'll be having some cool stuff, man, coming up for everybody real soon. You know, that's awesome. If you if you're watching right now, you can type in the chat uh, exclamation point follow. And it will pull up Michael Watts' Instagram and his website. Um, what is the website? Uh, com. Bro yeah, so check that out. What, what's on HeldonBrokeLoose.com, actually? Uh, we, have a couple, we have a couple of jacks that we put out. And also for DJs, uh, we had some uh, exclusive vinyl for the very first album that I ever put out, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that makes me uh, makes me want to uh, take this conversation offline and see if we can do a Swisher House Serato pressing of some sort down the line. Oh, that'll be dope. <laughs> oh, wow, that'll be. Let's do that. Let's do that. All Let's right. make it happen. Okay, man. Well, I want to wrap it up here, but thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, I'm going to take it out uh, with the motorsport freestyle that you uh, off, that you've done with uh, Slim Thug, Dobezy, Buddy Row. Um, yeah. And um, I just, but I just want to say thanks again so much for your time today. Big, big love to Houston. Big love to Swisher House, and big love to Michael Five Thousand Watts. Um, thank you again. We'll see you very soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll hit your inbox about this, uh, this Serato vinyl maybe down, down the line. We'll, we'll try and make that happen. Let's make it happen. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Are oh, you welcome? All right, peace. Peace.